Hey there. Welcome back to Legal Mumbo Jumbo with Houston Divorce and Family Law Attorney Ashley Nicole Green. This is a 10 to 15 minute session where she will discuss frequently asked questions and or provide you with some good old information on how to navigate through those areas. So let's get started with some Legal Mumbo Jumbo. Hi guys. Welcome back to season two of Legal Mumbo Jumbo. My name is Ashley Nicole Green. I am your host. I'm a Houston Family Law and Divorce Attorney, and I am so excited to be back on the mic speaking to you guys about family law and divorce topics. So let's jump right in into t- to today's topic, which is about preparing for your divorce case. So today I'm going to give you five tips on some things you should be considering if divorce is something that you are looking to, unfortunately, navigate into the new year. So if you haven't already, grab you a pen and a piece of paper so that we can jump right in and we can get started. So the reason why I wanted to come up with this topic or start with this topic rather is because I can't tell you how many people that contact our office each year saying, Ashley, I just don't know where to start, right? Like divorce in and of itself is a difficult topic. Um, It's a difficult thing to navigate. In addition to that, you have the idea of the unknown and the foreignness of divorce. It's not something that people go through every day of the week. um, And it's an emotional process. So I wanted to give you these five tips, like I stated. So the first tip is determine what type of case you have. What I mean by this is, is it an uncontested or is it a contested divorce? An uncontested divorce is when you and the other party agree on all the issues involved in your divorce. So child support, custody, visitation, selling of the house, debt, all that good stuff. A contested divorce, on the other hand, is when you and your spouse don't agree on one or more issues involved in the divorce process. And you're instead going to need a lot of court intervention. You're going to need to do discovery. You're going to need to go to mediation. You're going to have court hearings. You're going to have to have the judge tell you what to do in your divorce case versus with an uncontested. Maybe you and your spouse don't have all the issues worked out at this moment, but you both are open to the idea of having a dialogue and sitting down and working together to reach an agreement on your issues without having the court tell you what to do. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you want to sit down and make a list of everything involved in your community estate. What I mean by this is whether or not you and your spouse have a retirement account and determining what is going to be the outcome of that. Are you going to keep yours? Your spouse is going to keep theirs? Um, Is the spouse that has the more um, value in their retirement going to be required to give the other spouse a certain dollar amount? What's going to happen with your home or any type of real property that you two own? Is the home going to be sold? Is the other party going to have to refinance it? What is the equity amount, right? These are conversations and things that you need to start thinking about now. Um, You have to determine these things so that you have a plan in place. Also, underneath the same topic, figuring out what your debts are, right? Jotting down the home, how much is owed, you know, credit card bills, um, car loans, personal loans, all of those things 
are important that you figure out because you don't want to get through a divorce. Um, and then you say, oh man, the judge has already signed a decree, but I forgot that I had this $25,000 personal loan out there. And let's say that your divorce decree says all debt that each party has in their sole name, they're responsible for. That means that you're going to be responsible for that $25,000 debt, right? Or let's say you're going through a contested divorce and you're at mediation and you forgot to tell your attorney that you had this $25,000 personal loan and it's not on your inventory and appraisement. And now fast forward, you put in the MSA that you and the other party will each be responsible for your own debts. You now put yourself in a really bad position because you could have used that as a negotiating factor. So write those down now when you don't have the stress of um, and the emotional aspect that comes with divorce once you're in the litigation phase of it. And the other thing is to determine vehicles. Now, a lot of times, most people keep their respective vehicle that they have traditionally driven throughout the marriage. But I have seen individuals say, well, I want the more reliable vehicle to go to the spouse that's going to have the children more. Or I want the vehicle that's almost paid off to go to the spouse that makes less money, right? So there may be a swap of vehicles. Determine who's going to get what vehicle. That's important. The same is true for a business. Figure out if a business is going to be um, split 50-50, if a party is going to be bought out of the equity, if a party is going to be responsible for all the debts associated with the business and keep all the equipment and continue forward with that business. Is the business going to be dissolved and is sold? So these are questions, like I mentioned, um, or lists of items that you want to write down and questions, really, too, um, that you want to ask yourself and your spouse. The third thing on the checklist is you want to determine if you have children involved in your divorce, what is going to be the outcome regarding how much involvement each parent's going to have in the child's life. And what I mean by this is sitting down and figuring out what the visitation plan is. Are you going to stick to the standard possession order that our legislator has put in place? Um, or have you already determined that that's just not going to work for you? First, third, and fifth is not going to work for your family. Maybe one of you travels a lot and it's not a predictable schedule um, as far as like a first, third, and fifth would work. And so you want to do more of a 50-50 schedule. Maybe you're going to do a week on, week off, or maybe you're going to do a two-two-five, right? Um, which is like two days with one parent, two days with the other, um, and then alternating the weekends. Um, sometimes it's also referred to as a two-two-three. So these are questions that you want to talk to yourself about, right? But also your spouse to determine if you guys are on the same page regarding those. The same is true as far as decision making for your children. Um, there are nine items of decisions that have to be included in your divorce decree in order for the judge to um, allocate what those things, you know, how those things will be handled. And what I mean by that is who's making decisions as far as education, medical, invasive, um, medical specifically, psychiatric, psychological services and earnings that your child may um, earn, who's going to manage that, who's going to manage any estates um, that they have um, been awarded. These are questions that, again, you want to sit down and you want to make sure that you iron out.
Okay. The biggest one um, that's included in those nines is a geographical restriction. And I wanted to touch on this specifically because this is a very, very important part of the decision making process. And most courts here in the Harrison contiguous counties um, around the Houston area, rather, the courts traditionally put in place a geographical restriction, meaning they restrict where the child can live. Most of the time, that is a county and any surrounding counties that um, is around those counties. So it could be Harrison contiguous or it could be Brazoria contiguous and so forth. But sometimes parents want to, you know, restrict it further, right? They want to say, well, you know, Harrison, all the surrounding counties is that's a large area, right? And I only want it to be Harrison Brazoria or Harrison Galveston or so forth. But sometimes when parents do a 50-50 schedule, which I see and is very common, they say, hey, Ash, Harris County is way too big. And if you live in the Houston area, you would probably agree with them and me as well, because I agree with that statement. And so they want to restrict it to a school district. And I'm always a very big advocate of that, especially when you have a 50-50 schedule, because it does make it easier as far as exchanging the children and narrowing down on the drive time back and forth. And then there's the obvious, right, which is child support. (laughs) Of course, that was coming up. Um, You have to determine what is going to be the child support amount. Um, If you're even going to have traditional child support in place, you know, I have clients that say, look, you know, the idea of our orders, including child support is just not going to be good, Ash. So instead, we're just going to do, you know, each of us are going to be 50% percent responsible for, you know, school tuition, private school tuition or daycare, after school care, extracurricular, right? So, but you still need to have that conversation because I'm also a very big, big, big advocate that parents need to remember that child support is a right of a child and not a parent. So both parents should be contributing to their child's financial needs. (laughs) So um, yeah, have that conversation as well. And then the fourth tip is to start gathering documents. And what I mean by this is gathering um, bank statements, figuring out what banks each of you um, have income, I mean, not income, but funds in, figuring out how much each party makes. So if you know that the other party is going to try to get out of paying child support because your case is contested, or maybe it's not contested, but you want to have a ball figure, you need to start getting their paycheck stub. And so that way you can give that to your attorney so they can calculate what child support would be. Start gathering any type of retirement account statements. You want to get your retirement account statement if you had it prior to the marriage. You want to get that statement for the month that you had, how much you had in that account the month prior to your marriage. So that way it can be um, confirmed as your separate property and utilized um, to prove that. And you also want to get a statement as to how much is it now. And you want to do the same for your spouse. So that way you can figure out if that's something that you guys are going to want to not um, just say each keep their own, right, retirement. The same is true for any type of bank, uh, business account, bank accounts rather. Um, So business bank accounts, you want to do the same or any business 
businesses in general, like, you know, accounts receivable, debts, things of that sort. And also any type of health insurance. We have to include health insurance in our orders here in Texas. And so you want to make sure you figure out what the cost is of health insurance, talking to HR, getting that breakdown of what the cost is for a child versus, you know, um, what the cost is for you. So that way we can figure that out. And the fifth thing is, is creating a support team. This is so important. And what I mean by this is divorce is difficult. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's contested or uncontested. It's difficult. It's life changing. So you want to make sure you have family members and friends to help you. Maybe, you know, you're transitioning out of the household with your spouse and now you're kind of already started to be, you know, the process of being a single parent. And there's going to be days where it's just difficult to pick up your child because you can't rely on your spouse anymore. So you need to have that family support. You also need to make sure that you speak to a counselor, even if it's just one time, just speak to someone so that you can make sure that you're managing those emotions that come with the divorce in a healthy way. And also making sure that you have tools to navigate through it with your children in a healthy way Um, and having them have the ability to speak to someone if they feel the need to as well. And then also make sure part of your support system is also speaking to a financial advisor so that you can plan for your future. And maybe you say, well, look, Ash, like I don't have a lot. That's fine. At least sit down and write out financial, you know, obligations you're going to have, what your income is going to be moving forward to make sure that you plan for that, because that's very important. So hopefully these five tips were helpful to you. I know that there's much more that goes into planning for a divorce. There's much more that goes involved in these checklists, but I'm hopeful that this will at least give you a starting point. And if you um, want to have a more thorough checklist and a more thorough planning session, I do offer a Um, one-on-one coaching for individuals who are not yet at the point where they want to file for divorce, but they want to make sure that they have a plan in place and they want to make sure that they start gathering things. So maybe they're not, you know, locked out of accounts or they're financially cut off or, you know, all of those things that come up that we see every day. So if you want to learn more about that, shoot me an email at, at a green team at lawofficegreen.com. I would love to connect with you, love to sit down and chat with you for our one-on-one coaching session. It's three hours, it's recorded, it allows for you to go back to it and take notes. And it's just a very good planning process if you're just not at the point yet. So I hope this was helpful, like I mentioned. And until next time, you guys take care. Bye for now.